everybody, this is All Sports Are Bad. I am Patrick on the internet. And I am Jake Whipple, and welcome to Season 2. Season 2 of All Sports Are Bad has started now. Exactly right now. And we're going to open it up with a hype drag. Actually, just maybe a drag. I don't know. So a local football coach who happens to be a 9-11 truther and an open supporter of forced monogamy also believes that the California legislation allowing college athletes to be compensated is bad. Yes, I heard about this. Um, I think it's good, at least, that this person, you know, has never really had any direct contact with college athletes or worked at a college level and, like, certainly never had any, like suspicions or uh, doubts cast about his own um, willingness to pay players while, um, while coaching them at that level. It's also just nice that he doesn't really occupy that prominent position in the football world. No, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's just a local football coach. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that he once coached a major program in college and ran away from it as soon as things got ugly. Yeah. Um, if you don't, if you're not familiar, you're probably not familiar because like very few people outside of Seattle have heard of this name guy. His name is Pate Carole. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pate Carole, yeah. Pate Carole, um, yes. He's um, he's not French. He just tries to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, Pete Carroll um, like decided to like have an opinion about the California legislation that would uh, allow um, Cal- uh, California universities to compensate their athletes uh, financially, as opposed to just with scholarships. And he said it was bad, which is funny. Because Pete Carroll used to coach in California, and right after he left USC, there was an enormous pay-to-play scandal with a lot of the players that he had. Just the good ones, though. Just the good ones. That's, like, don't get it twisted. Pete Carroll paid players, and that's pretty cool by itself. Mm -hmm. But Pete Carroll only paid the players he thought were good. So Reggie Bush got paid. Yeah. Essentially, I... Yeah, others, others maybe on that, on those USC Trojans teams got paid. But it, like... That's not really the problem. The problem is that, like, he never really, like, you know, stood up against these terrible rules that don't allow players to get paid. He didn't really do anything. He just kind of ran away. Like, he could have used this as an opportunity to change things for student-athletes forever. He could have. Like, he could have, like, taken a stance and be like, yeah, I did that, and it was a good thing, and look at how good my teams were, so everyone go to hell. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But no, instead he just pretended it didn't happen, dipped out for Seattle, and uh, then USC basically got smashed with teeny bits with a hammer by the NCAA. Yeah. So, that was cool. It was neat that he completely nuked his own program. Um, because he wasn't going to be there anymore. I thought that was nice. Yeah, all those 17-year-old kids that, uh, he recruits, personally recruited, which is, like, a weird thing that, like, college programs enter the yeah. homes of, like, teenagers <laughs> with their parents and are just like, hey, uh, I want you to commit to me and go to my school so you can work for me and make me all kinds of money for free. And, like... It, and, like, they're supposed to be excited about this. Oh, boy! <laughs> and it's not creepy. It's not considered creepy or weird at all. It's just considered a part of the process. It's, like, very exciting that you just had a chance to meet a guy who's going to spend the next four years of your life yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be the one to demoralize you. <laughs> God. Yeah, so, yeah, Pete Carroll fucking sucks, um, is the point. Um, did you... So you mentioned he's a 9/11 truther. I finally read about how that all came to light. Um, did you have you read that? Uh, what do you mean when he when he um, pulled up on that general <laughs> in 
at CenturyLink Field and asked him all these questions about 9-11. Yeah, like, it was like, four, he just, like, spent 45 minutes grilling a three-star general about whether or not 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah. Nuts. That's yeah. a, that's a <laughs> batshit bonkers thing to do. It is a, it's just a wild thing to do anywhere, let alone, like, just rolling up to, like, a guy who's probably there because, you know, we have to celebrate the army at, uh football games now (laughs) (laughs) very odd (laughs) very odd to like invite an army like any general of the armed forces over and just be like now i need to grill this person about my conspiracy theories that's some alex jones little shit yeah right no it's it's similar to like um you have a chance to meet say a senator or something and you could ask them anything you're like so who really killed JFK? Like, well, it was Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, I don't know about that. You heard about this second shooter hypothesis? <laughs> <laughs> and if it wasn't, like, bad enough, he last year got Jordan Peterson to talk to the staff. Jordan Peterson is one of the worst people in the world. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst human beings on the planet. And he's like, you know who should talk to my players and coaches and basically everyone on the staff? A psychopath. <laughs> Let's get that guy. You know, we really need an inspirational speaker to come in and lift everyone's spirits. You ever heard of this uh, Joseph Goebbels character? <laughs> <laughs> you know who I really want to teach preschool? Dick Cheney. <laughs> fucking perfect, I think. Let's get Dick Cheney to teach preschool. Right? I'm just sitting there like, what are you damn kids doing? Yeah. With, obviously, obviously, the guns would only have the duck shot in it. Like, you yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah. Or whatever that is, where they, it doesn't, it's Ro- just pellets. Uh, yeah. Rock salt, maybe? Rock salt, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I would hope so. I still, still like, you'd probably fuck up a preschooler with a rock salt. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they'd be shooting him. Oh. So the students become the masters. At the end of graduation, you get to shoot Dick Cheney. <laughs> what are we talking about again? Uh, I don't know. We just we really lost it there. Um, so yeah, so that's um, one of our one of our things today is that Pete Carroll's a piece of shit. Um, what a weirdo! Yeah, just he's just the strangest guy in the world. I don't understand why people in Seattle love him so much. I really don't either, because he like forcibly chews gum and struts around. And yeah. um, he really likes to call uh, short slant passes. Uh, <laughs> you know, never seen one of those go wrong before, so I can't really fault the guy for that. Just, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he had a team that was, like, dynasty level as far as talent goes, and only managed to squeeze out one championship. <laughs> And then they had to pay Russell Wilson, and now they have to figure out a better way to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's actually kind of fascinating to see how, like, so many uh, championship windows are specifically tied to hitting on a really good quarterback in the draft. And and then paying him. Yeah, and then paying him later. Yeah. Why don't they they just fucking get rid of the salary cap so we don't have to have this situation anymore? (laughs) It's really dumb. Like, it's 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 just stupid. It's incredible. Like, it's not like football doesn't have plenty of fucking money. Like, just... All the owners have lots of money. All the teams make lots of money. The league makes tons of money. Like, they could just spend more money and have better products. Yeah. But, you know, 
I guess they're not interested in doing that, and no one's really uh, expecting them to either. Everyone seems pretty content with whatever bullshit they get week to week. So Yeah. They don't really talk about extending the salary cap, making it bigger. They right. don't really talk about... Maybe they should double it or triple it. Yeah. Well, like, this is how we end up with, like, whatever the fuck the Dolphins are right now. Like... Christ. Yeah. They're, like... They're, this is possibly the worst football team that has ever existed. <laughs> <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Who's quarterback of the Dolphins right now? Um, well, it was Josh Rosen, but something's wrong with him. So now it's a different guy. Didn't they have the QB of the future like two years ago? Probably. What was... They had Tannehill for a Tannehill, long time. Tannehill, that's right. Yeah. Tannehill was the QB of the future. Yeah, he was supposed to be the next big thing for like five years, and he just continued <laughs> to be Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill has been there for like... Was there for since like 2012. Yeah. Just, and he just like never actually became good. Never he got that. Out. He got that Alex Smith window. Of yeah. Like, hey, let's hope he turns into something for seven years. Yeah. Never really, never really worked out. At least Alex Smith, Alex Smith got turned into. Yeah. yeah. Alex Smith took a team to a, a division title or a NFC title game. So yeah. it's pretty good. And then went to a bunch of other playoff series with uh, the Chiefs. Yeah. So yeah, we had a. So there's been two weeks of regular season NFL at this point. Um, they, uh, there, there's all, a whole bunch of people like prognosticating and yelling about who's going to be great and who's going to suck. Yeah. yeah, the Niners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Forty Nineers. Jimmy be... Garoppolo is already a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I've noticed. We're two that. games in. I've already indicted him. I, th- I hear his MVP trophies in the mail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've already indicted him. <laughs> inducted. Did I, oh. I said it? Did I say indicted? I meant inducted. <laughs> I'm like, what would he do? <laughs> I don't know. Quarterback the 49ers, isn't that enough? Hasn't he done enough? Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a, you know, everyone's building up their narratives and uh, having all their fun. There is, of course, um, you probably all knew we were going to talk about this to some degree, one narrative that has uh, gone leaps and bounds ahead of everything, and that's Antonio Brown. Um, so... Do you want to, like, summarize... Well, I'll, I can t- try and do a summary of essentially How what... can you summarize this? Um, what are you just going to... I'm going to do the greatest, like, the quick hits of, like, each individual event and see if we can... Okay. Get, like, let's, just get let's through Let's travel through the timeline of yeah. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown um, is unhappy in Pittsburgh. It, was he traded or was he just uh, outright... No, they traded him for a third and a fifth. Yeah. And he signed a new contract with the Raiders. Um... The league told him he couldn't wear the helmet he'd been wearing because it no longer met safety regulations. Months, months, months later. Yeah, much later. We're going into training camp. Yeah, we're going into training camp now. And he gets... He's very upset about this. Um, He wants to continue to wear his same old helmet. Everyone's telling him he can't. Um, There's... There was a report that I believe is true, although I never saw direct verification of it, that he actually got someone to attempt to repaint his old Steelers helmet as a Raiders helmet. Um, Wasn't... It didn't work. Um... You can't just, like, get your buddy Mike to airbrush your helmet and, like, get away with it, apparently. Yeah. Um, which is unsurprising. Um, <clears throat> then um, he also had some sort of accident in a cryogenic facility while rehabbing in, like, France or something. Yeah. He was in Europe um, where he got frostbite on his feet, um, yeah. which was just kind of strange. Um, then... Uh, was fighting about his helmet, started to seem to be having issues with the organization. Um, they all, they told him, like, go deal with your helmet thing, it's fine. 
He comes back. They slap him with a fine for missing time when he said he was, when they told him to go deal, like, figure out what's going on and get ready. He really didn't like that. Got in a huge public fight with the president of football operations, I think it was. Team, either the team president or, like, one of the major executives. Um, got hit with an, or, then he got hit with another fine for that. Was this when he uh, referred to Mike Mayock as a cracker? Yes, That's... that is correct. What's Mike Mayock's job? Is he like the president? Is he like, you know, GM or GM something, or something like something that? He's big. He's he's an important guy in the organization. I think he's the GM. Yeah, GM sounds right. Yes, yeah, so we called Mike Mayock a cracker, um, which I thought it was hilarious. I thought that was pretty funny personally. <laughs> Some people got really mad. They're like, how is this allowed? And I'm like, you can't call white people a cracker? No, I think you should. You can. I think you can. You you can and probably should. Um, Then, uh, so we got fined again for, like, getting in that fight with uh, Mike Mayock. Um, Issued, like, made an apology in person to the team. And then the day after that, um, they voided all of his guaranteed... No, he voided all of his guaranteed money. um, Yeah. He released, like, a commercial on YouTube that was, um, the audio of which is a recorded conversation between him and John Gruden with, uh, footage of him, like, hanging out with his family. Yeah. Um, with, uh, like, title cards or something that are, yeah. uh, you know. The, the overall message was, like, oh, I'm a human being. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not just, like, some yeah. guy that's there to, like, hurt myself and entertain you. Yeah. It was like, I have other things. Yeah. Um, then, I heard a very good video. No, it's a really built. It's a really well done video. <laughs> I watched it. I was like, damn, the production values on this are great. Yeah. Um, then, um, and that was essentially him. Then he demanded a trade after, like, again after the money was voided and the commercial came out. And then was he? No, he was just released, right? Was he? I think it was, he asked for his release. Yeah, he asked for a, to be released in, on Instagram. Yeah. After that video, maybe like six hours after that video. Yeah, came but out. the request for the release was specifically in response to his uh, the his uh, guaranteed contract uh, money being voided. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they, uh, they they cut out his money. Yeah. For calling his GM a cracker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Why do they do that? Um, of course he's gonna do something back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then he was immediately like literally hours later signed a contract with the patriots um for i think something like 15 million dollars um yeah it was with it within like three hours it was on the patriots (laughs) pretty much immediately um which amusingly is the exact thing the steelers did not want to happen um then shortly after being signed by the he didn't play the first week and then in the lead up to week two that just happened um a former trainer came out and accused him of uh, sexual assault and rape um and there's a civil suit pending for that so that's like that series long long series of compiling events is what has been going on with antonio brown yeah um, so I mean, we wanted to avoid this topic specifically because it's it's just like, it's kind of like a train wreck. Yeah. It's just a huge train wreck and everyone loses. You know, like, it kind of just reminds, not, it kind of makes me think about how, like, news publications covered, like, Casey Anthony to get viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back in the day when it was like, yeah, this is objectively shitty all around, but, like, why? 
Why do I have to fucking know about it? <laughs> like, this fucking sucks. Everything about it sucks. This is all shitty. Why is yeah. this out here? Like, yeah, it, it, it's... Why do I have to it just sit here? Gross. Like, it just why do I have like, to listen to this? Why do I have to be told about it? Like, it's... All of it is bad. I don't, no one likes any yeah. of it. And everyone comes out looking worse for it. Full-blown tragedy porn. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and you pointed this out, too, that, like, one of the worst things about it is during the initial part, it's really just... It just seems to be friction between him and the franchise, and then but you have a bunch of people who are being like, "Oh, look at this! How terrible he is!" Like Antonio Brown's the worst. Everyone like they're just piling on the guy for really nothing, no yeah. reason at all. And then this happens, and now all those people who were piling on him get are sitting there being like, "See, I told you!" And except it's mm-hmm. for it's totally disingenuous. It's for no good reason. Yeah, it's all these people who hated him for being a player that wanted to control his career and they were like oh he's crazy he must have cte look at all the things he's saying they all they're all vindicated now that it, it turns out that he's a total fucking scumbag mm-hmm. which i mean it's like you weren't really right in the first place you just kind of you it just happened to be that he's a scumbag but it wasn't for any of the reasons you said he was a scumbag so now you're now they're out here like just you know, celebrating or whatever fucking weirdo internet NFL fans do <laughs> in their time. And it's yeah. just odd and weird, and the whole thing's just fucking gross. It's like, it's just a bunch of people who tripped over their own feet, fell into a hole, and came out holding a big, like, gold nugget. Yeah. Yeah. They did They did nothing to get there except fall down. Yeah. And now... And now they have, like, look at how, look at how good I did. Yeah. Like, you didn't do anything. Um, in fact, you were being objectively terrible the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, what I personally, despite having just spent the last, I don't know, five minutes talking about Antonio Brown, I personally don't really want to talk about Antonio Brown. I think there's something else here that's much, much more significant and much more interesting um, in as far as sports goes. Um, like, I just don't, like, I don't give a shit about most of what's going on with Antonio Brown. Um I don't care about he. I don't care that he called Mike Mayock a cracker. I don't care that he had that he didn't like his helmet and was like having a fit. I don't care that he signed with the Patriots. I don't care that he uh, put out a YouTube commercial for himself. I don't care that he like recorded a phone call with John Gruden. I do care that he's been accused of like right. sexual violence. This, That's th- bad. That shit's incredibly um, bad. Yeah. Yeah. But. And I, without without trying to like roll over this topic, it's something like the nature of the way these things are handled in sports is something we've covered before, and yeah. I don't know if it's how much good we're gonna do rehashing that. Especially like we can't every time something like this happens to just rehash that discussion is only valuable if um, the the point is to impress on impress on everyone that um, the conversation hasn't changed. That yeah. like we're st- this issues are still all identical, but I'm act- so what I'm actually interested in is like what are people talking about when they talk about Antonio Brown right now, right? Like what's that conversation about um, when sports, sporting culture is talking about Antonio Brown? What does it really trying to engage with, right? Is that like so? And if you look at like the way Oak, the whole Oakland thing played out, like the narrative around Brown kind of shaped him as this sort of—I don't necessarily want to say clownish, but like comically, um, comically preening, like you know, quote unquote diva receiver that was that was uh, 
entertainment value that was like it was funny to people um, they want yeah they yeah. wanted to at first at first he was viewed as like oh he's gonna save the raiders yeah you know what i mean and then it would kind of just devolved into this like they were like oh he's gonna be like when randy moss went there that's that's yeah that oh our domain got uh, renewed just now oh sweet <laughs> <laughs> Actually, don't have to edit that out. <laughs> One year of all sports are bad. <laughs> Happy Official anniversary. literally at the Bing. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Cheers. Anniversary on the Ding. <laughs> so you were so you were saying uh, Randy Moss, right? Well, they were just like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like when Randy Moss went to the Raiders, and it was just a fucking clown show. Yeah, everyone. Wa- they were kind of like the NFL and fans were kind of like, oh, I can't wait for it to go to shit, and yeah. then so they're just waiting there. For something bad to happen so they can jump on it. Because yeah. that's that's NFL fans in a nutshell. Like, they're just waiting to take someone down for something stupid that doesn't matter. Yeah, and that's... Which, whatever. Like, I think that's terrible, but I also don't know what else to... Like, I don't yeah. know how to stop people from doing that. If, like, yeah, exactly. People, it's, it's people just... love fucking car crashes, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Um. So, but since his... his re- so, you go from... What what hilarious new development will there be in this incredibly weird Antonio Brown story? And what does that mean for your fantasy team? Um, and to oh, he's been released and signed by the Patriots. What does that mean for your fantasy team? And will this uh, will this um, hilarious sideshow continue for us, or will it go away because of the Patriots or something? Like yeah. now, so that's the narrative. <laughs> what does this mean for your fantasy? Team? It's so weird because it's yeah. like I like fantasy football, but. For a lot of reasons, I hate fantasy football, yeah. <laughs> and mostly those reasons, because it's it's shaping the way people see these humans, right? But and so there's a point at which this narrative flips, and that's with the um, allegations of sexual violence and the civil suit. Yeah. Um, and when that happens, the discussion around Brown stops being about any of like the amusing stuff, and instead sort of tries to hyper focus on. Brown, the football player, how is he going to fit in with the Patriots? Like, is he going to work well with Tom Brady? Does ever like, so, and you see this in, um, in the, a lot of the media leading up to week two, Diana Moskovitz at uh, Deadspin noted, noticed this, um, <clears throat> where the talking heads on the, at the, uh, pregame shows just make these sorts of reference to like Brown new now with the Patriots starting for, um, starting, you know, this week. Um, obviously dealing with, you know, again, quote unquote, off the field issues, mm-hmm. which God, man, like if I, that phrase is for cowards, like again, trying to hand wave away shit like this by like vaguely referring to off the field issues is cowardice in commentary at its finest. It's, yeah. it's weird the way that the word is used in all aspects. Yeah. It's a weird fucking phrase because They'll refer to it when someone does something terrible, commits a heinous act, an actual heinous act. Mm-hmm. They'll say, off the field issues. Or, if a player tweets in support of, like, a liberal candidate or something, yeah. a politician, and gets in trouble with fans who are conservative and batshit insane, or they'll call that off the field <laughs> issues. Or even um, in the case of Chris Cluey. Um, whose uh, special teams coach didn't like the supported gay marriage and lost his job over it yeah. back in, what was that, 2011, something like that? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, even that is off, off the, the field, field issues. Yeah. Which, 
So for that, for off the field issues to be all encompassing of like all yeah. that, it's fucking gross. It's yeah. a weird, it's a weird word to say. Right, and what it's and what it's designed to do as well is like take take um, this these players, and again hyper focus on just just sports like it's just about the game it's just about the sport it's not about any of these external things that's no connection to any sort of other social or cultural narratives that are at play in the world at large um and like it with brown he's got like they're trying to make sure that you have to look at him through football that like the only lens Mm -hmm. you have to look at antonio brown through is football now because uh, could continue to engage it engage with any of this now that there's something serious means that you're you're bringing the real world into the sport and they're scared of that um the nfl in particular but i think it's true of every single uh, sports league to a degree um some more than others yeah but especially in this particular league like the idea of controversy is terrifying like there's just they're terrified of it so there's a so the president of current president of ESPN is Jimmy Pitaro, and uh, he has publicly and openly said that his belief and that he and the company policy under his watch is that sports have nothing to do with anything that is a quote unquote off the field issue, that um, the real world doesn't come into play, and their job as sports reporters is to um, use a well worn phrase to stick to sports, right? right. Yeah, that guy's a clown. <laughs> yeah, he is a clown. Uh, Fox Sports does the same thing, but like their editorial arm is you know much more foxy and Murdochy. Yeah, so it's a little conservative yeah. and creepy, and they know they know who's reading their website. Yeah, they know what's going on, so they're um, less. They're still they still avoid it, but in a different way. Like they they it's there's dog whistly shit in there, but it's not. There's nothing overt because that draws draws that sort of. Um, uh, criticism that you're now trying to like make a comment about society rather than just about you know will Antonio Brown average ten targets a game or not? Yeah. Right. Um, so a lot of people who are smarter and better than me have like pointed out that um, the idea of standing there and saying we won't take a stance is like really actually explicitly a way of taking a stance of saying that um, these issues aren't important enough in our realm in order for us to worry about them, report on them, or like consider our part of society within those terms. Um, It's, it's this alienation that you can, that you can also see in this, this phrase off the field issues where um, sports tries to make itself this, um, self-imposed othered um like world within society that still exists sort of within it but without uh regard for its consequences or issues that it doesn't have anything to do with those yeah you know um like sport wants its own existence like unimpeded and like unremarked on except on its own terms defined by itself and without a need or expectation to associate with societal structures and concerns that are not sports themselves and it's if you to boil it back down to that same uh, buzz phrase, like the goal of sports is to stick to sports, right? And that's true of the leagues and the uh, media branches. So, and you can see this to like to a degree in the way leagues attempt to police themselves as well. Like when you look at um, Brown, like the NFL will investigate, and there will be some sort of uh, decision of suspension or something that might be like punitive, but that's done 
outside of any any sort of legal framework, right? Like they're actually they are actively trying to create essentially their own independent judiciary arm um, inside their little insular community. Like that these all these things have to happen inside football, but that's in order to keep those off those things that aren't in football from impeding on football. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. And. Uh, so whatever happens with a civil suit or a criminal case, criminal cases are a little different, but civil suits in particular don't have anything to do with those determinations in any real sense, right? What matters is eyeballs, viewers, and um, money. That's the only, that's it. Um, <clears throat> and they can't defer directly to like the judgments of society writ large, because if they do that, then that ruins this sort of insular veneer that they've, that they've spent so much time trying to build up build up by sticking to sports by keeping everything that's not football and off the field issue something that's not baseball is an off the field issue all this shit uh who's the guy who um there's a guy who's a reliever i think for the pirates who was just picked up for um child pornography and uh inde- sexual indecency with a minor you hear about this at no all? i have not that's uh, re- relatively uh relatively recent story but again that's the sort of thing that will you know be referred to as off the field off issues. the field issues and when they if we don't i don't think the pirates have any shot at the playoffs no they're the pirates so i they're assume out. not yeah um so we won't really have to hear about it but if this were say i don't know the dodgers yeah we'd be talking up like when they show up later um, on bigger stages, announcers would start talking about how the players who are there have dealt with the distractions so well. Yeah, that's they're always it's always trying to avoid quote unquote distractions. Mm-hmm. So like they have to talk about it exclusively inside sport. Um, yeah, like any you can look at any uh, domestic violence investigation in any league, and you can see exactly what's happening. It's that the league makes a determination about we believe or that there was some sort of wrongdoing and there is a punishment. Which happens regardless of civil criminal charges or what happens with them. The only thing, the only really the only public perception really is what they're going off of. Right. Literally, the only thing that can override um, the decision the league wants to hand to its players internally is actual prison time because they can't. There's nothing they can do about that. Right. um, But so and so, what you have are these like cultural entities that don't want to be part of society or culture while still being deeply ingrained in both. Right. And a lot of people, like people support this, like people actually put work into helping this happen. Even people who aren't directly involved with the leagues or the sports who just exist in the economy that uh, surrounds it. Right. You can like kind of, so to get like super geeky about this for a second, like you can look at this from other parts of culture as well. Like if you look at a protest song from the sixties, you have to assume that there's a relationship to what was happening in society, but there's no like criticism or like disingenuous idea of like, this isn't sticking to music. Like, you know, it's not, you know, this has decided to relate to the world in some way that's not just exclusively the cultural space of music and music alone. It's, you know, it's choosing to be something besides its own self-referential entity. Right. Um, you say the same thing about something like uh, Picasso's Guernica, which is a um, very strong piece about um, the bombing, in, uh, bombing and violence in uh, Spain. And it's not like, that's not, people aren't mad at that for not sticking to painting. You right. know, like, which, you like, know, well, I mean, it's, it's different when we're talking about 
art because that's supposed to like represent life whereas people a lot of people who specifically like nfl fans i would i specifically don't really have a concept of art like <laughs> it's when right. they watch football they don't want it to represent life because then they have to accept that the players that they're seeing are humans and right. not just their fantasy team numbers or their team's overall win loss record right it's a willful it's a d- direct willful ignorance um right. They don't. um, They don't want sports to be art or represent life. No, they want it to represent something fucking weird and creepy. (laughs) Right. And the only time that these things are allowed, and we've talked a little bit about this, but you could look at something like pre and post integration baseball and like Jackie Robinson, right? And what you look at with Jackie Robinson is something that now is held as like important and like meaningful and culturally relevant, but only because it's been vetted and approved. Yeah. Only like only then. Um, like sports are political and they will use political uh, lines to their advantage as long as they can use it to make it about how good they are and how important they are without allowing any of the darkness to come in, right? Yeah. So, Which is why like the Jackie Robinson movie wasn't as hard-hitting as it should have been. Mm-hmm. It was pretty soft and painted the Dodgers owner in a good light. Yeah. Even though he was probably a racist. Probably was. You know, yeah. lots of people were, it, it, especially the rich white guys. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, so, and but that whole, what you pointed out actually is a really good point that um, when you watch football, baseball, basketball, whatever, you're not thinking about it in the same way you think about art and its relationship to like human culture. Um, and I think that that's actually an intentional devaluation of a significant part of culture, like this idea of play and games, um, which are just to, you know, more, more geek shit, um, are scientifically determined to be really important in the development of mammals, just of mammalia as a zoological class. Um, and what that means is that a huge core component of like, not just humanity, but like our natural, um, natural existence and our relationship to the biological tree is just being disconnected from our cultural and societal, um, understand it and that's really that's really weird to me that um when you you can't that people want to ignore that um that um they want to take that view it as less than and that not only that but the people who traffic in play in games um the leagues the owners the teams the uh media all want to allow that to continue to be the case that um it's totally fine for us to pretend this doesn't matter, even no, even no matter how important it is for us to protect it, because then we can use this idea that it's not important as a get-out-of-jail-free card every time yeah. there's something that has real consequences. Yeah, I understand when people are like, oh, I want sports to be my escape, but it seems to be that sports are your escape until you have to reevaluate the way you think. Yeah, yeah they want, you want to be, people want to be able to show up with their preconceived notions... And have them confirmed to themselves because they want to be looking at a mirror, at a blank slate, right? Yeah. To uh, I'm just I'm gonna borrow another uh, art metaphor. They don't want to show up and see an actual fucking painting. They want to see like monochrome that they can just envision their own thing on. Yeah. They don't like. There's there's no interest in being challenged by uh by the game. There's just they just want Pat to uh, be able to passively see themselves in it at all times, mm-hmm. um, and that's actually kind of where 
I want to come back to like somebody like Antonio Brown and like there's this there's a whole irony to this conversation because like I don't want to talk about Antonio Brown outside of sports because I want to talk about not talking about him outside of sports. Yeah. You know, like, and I realize that's a really confusing sentence, but what I mean is that, like, when Antonio Brown could be, like, made a, like, whimsical or, like, a distraction or just, like, sort of a comic relief in the league, you know, whatever else you might want to call him, he's still, like, enveloped by sports as an insular idea that's been something that's been actively disconnected from the nature of humanity and human culture and society. But like when something like this happens and that becomes impossible where um, humanities like human culture and society are now very directly getting into this world of sports and we have to ask ourselves questions about them that gets impossible. And like when the stories are like get this become this dark and like violent and upsetting thing. Huge parts of the sports community and the athletic community kind of want to, like, wall themselves off from everything. You know, they want to pretend that they aren't part of this, that they aren't what they are. But you can't, like, look, foot, like, because you look at football, which is, by its nature, violent, aggressive, militaristic. It's born out of the Midwest and Northeast following the Civil War and rose to um, its current popularity and prominence um, during, uh, following the Great Depression and during the Dust Bowl, and then, of course, the rise of the American superpower during World War II. And in that, you see all of the mechanics of the game, as well as that sort of nationalism and sort of jingoism that exists in the sport, right? Yeah. You look at baseball. Um, starts in the Northeast as, like, this... Um, Local local thing where any, any city could have a team that would go play another city's team. And it became this sprawling, massively regional, like, amoeba with teams everywhere that, like, slowly over, like, other franchises, other leagues, and slowly over time sort of consolidated itself into, like, one giant American corporation, which, real American pastime, am I right? Yeah. Um, make, it, make it a giant <laughs> business. Yeah. Make it a giant Make it a business. monopoly. <laughs> yeah. That's what they did. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. And it's like, well, what about all the littler leagues where they're not as good? They're part of the big leagues. They're just little ones. It's yeah. like, oh, so they're all part of the thing. What about independent leagues? Fuck them. <laughs> exactly. America. And then, like, you take basketball. Basketball was literally invented in a gym by a gym teacher who was like, I got to find something for these guys to do. <laughs> because it was raining out and they didn't like they had nothing they were supposed to go outside but they couldn't so we nailed a fucking basket to a wall handed everyone a ball us like an actual soccer ball and it was like try to throw the ball in the basket that's our yeah. game what's what we're gonna do and it like if you look at the way it grew it's because it's incredible like that's all it takes yeah. it's so easy to play basketball like you need a basket and you need a ball and mm-hmm. that's it. And then you just kind of have to agree on where, like, what your playing surface is. And that just kind of grew over time. And like, it, the game was sort of developed to its current iteration as it like was swallowed up, swallowed up by like an elite collegiate scene. Which, what else, you know, what else do you expect from like uh, the alabaster American community? But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's. You know, that's how it grew, and that's why it's kind of be, been this sport of, like, essentially the American proletariat and the American lower class is because if you got a ball or and a basket, and it doesn't even have to be the real fucking thing, you can pretty much play basketball. Oh, yeah. Um, hockey's Canadian. You get the idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, 
the point the point of like this is just like to essentially say like you can't hide from the world when you're looking at sports like no matter how much you want to believe that you can right yeah because in the way they develop and their nature is like not just culture but these specific events of mass culture that huge segments of the population interact with regularly and communally yeah um they're deeply intertwined and reflective of us as people and like that's the thing that everyone's trying to hide from is like not just that like there's a darkness to this Antonio Brown thing that we don't want to face but the even like deeper and darker shit that like makes us just be like no it's an off the field issue or it's a personal obstacle or like instead of like facing actual demons within the sport and then yeah. by extension by culture at large yeah um maybe organizational policy is all bad yeah exactly like, <laughs> you know? maybe maybe in the NFL maybe Maybe salary caps are a terrible fucking idea. Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe, maybe they treat their players poorly. Maybe we're looking at an exploited workforce every time we look at them, but we yeah. don't want to see that. Like, yeah. We don't want to see that. You ever notice that people who say things like, I don't watch sports for politics probably never watch anything for politics? Probably not. They probably <laughs> don't even watch. <laughs> you know, these are the people who are like... Because they've they've demonized this idea of politics when really it's just like basic human rights. Right. It's not really this isn't really about policy really. It's just about how to treat other people, how to view other people, and the idea of viewing a person as a person to a lot of NFL fans seems like bizarre to them. They're like, "Oh, yeah. gross! No, why would I see this human as a human? That's dumb. Yeah, you're an idiot." You're a lib. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's the way they want to see it. Yeah, and like that's and that's the, that's kind of like one of the crucial things here too is like that whole desire to pretend that like this big tent and like the human circus isn't actually a part of the fucking county fair. It's yeah, a horribly mixed metaphor. Um, like that's that's one of the darkest things here is that people just want to pretend that it's like somehow not attached. You know. Yeah. And that, like, we don't, they don't have, like, so even when bad things happen in this place where we're all looking, and looking really closely, they don't have anything to do with us. They don't represent us. They're not, a, they're not something that's indicative of anything that's wrong with yeah. our own society and our own culture. And, like, the problem, like, the thing is, like, also, like, there's no, I can't, like, wrap this up. Like, there's no bow to put on the package or anything, because this is, all of these things are these like continuously compounding and expanding set of societal issues and shortcomings. And sports just wants to sit here and pretend that it's a safe space against with scare quotes from, which is just the most ironic fucking thing in the world. Mm -hmm. um, because all the people who are complaining that their politics is getting in their sports are also the ones who like, look at all these like pussy millennials needing their safe spaces. Yeah. And they're just mad that someone's now encroaching on theirs, yeah. you know? And like, there's a, like, you could talk, like, there's a lot of shit that we could talk about with Antonio Brown. Like, we could talk about mental illness. We could talk about uh, CTE. We could talk about domestic abuse. We could talk about sexual violence, abuses of power, political dynamics and organizations, and a whole bunch of real other really serious and relevant stuff. And some people will have those conversations. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the sport, the league... Everyone who profits from this is going to see the best thing is for them is to seal up, define it all as an off-the-field issue, and pretend that the only thing that matters is the sport because that's that's how they protect themselves. Yeah. And pretending that they're not, like, a part of the world at large. Yeah. And, be, we're like, that's where the money is. 
So they're going to seal up and try and protect the cash cow. That's all that's ever going to happen. Yeah, yeah, protect that shield. Yeah, and, you know, so they're always going to want to be pretend that they're separate and apart from society and culture when it doesn't convenience them. Yeah. And this... try and build, build an understanding in the rest of us that, oh, no, this, cult, this massively important cultural event isn't important enough. Yeah. And, you know, and the problem for them is, like, they're just parasites on their on their own body. Yeah. In the end. This this whole thing's a shit show. It is a shit show. This, uh, this whole thing is like a multi-dimensional, multi-layered fucking tragedy. Like on all fronts. Which is like kind of why I didn't really want to like talk about Antonio Brown. Because it just feeds into that. But talking about the things that encompass the Antonio yeah. Brown. Those issues that have created this kind of tragedy to exist is more important than talking about the dude himself like it was like it was a weird enough thing like before before the the allegations went out you know what i mean it was but it was fucking weird as shit before that and afterwards we've just vindicated like america's shittiest fans now we're america's shittiest people now they're now they're like okay we win and it's like oh cool we all lose really every single person who has paid attention to this thing has taken a taken a gigantic l yeah no no one who got involved in this came out looking good yeah absolutely not which is probably in no small part why we're sitting here dancing around it and looking at other like the world the world around it as opposed to like trying to dive into that (laughs) how does how does shit like this keep happening i don't know essentially is why we why we're what we're yeah it's not it's not the first time it's not the last time and like i really just believe that Sports sports is an important cultural event that builds a huge part of its identity around not mattering to culture mm-hmm. and then feeding off of culture in order to continue to exist yeah. while yeah. claiming it's not doing... It's, sports is gaslighting us, basically. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, I think about one of the first times that I remember seeing... Uh, like an NFL player be turned into like a monster because mm-hmm. the NFL wants him to wants that person to be a monster because it fits it 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 protects the league yeah. and it was Ricky Williams not that I'm saying Antonio Brown isn't a monster he's a monster yeah. like you know what I mean but like there are a lot of players like would you look at like Andrew Luck leaving the league uh, people wanted to make him out to be a monster because he didn't want to play football anymore uh, like Colin Kaepernick. There's a big one. They wanted to make him a monster because he stood up for human rights. Yeah. Fucking, like, how does that make him a bad guy? Or when you think about all of these all of these other players that have, Michael Bennett, have been mm-hmm. wrongfully victimized by the NFL media machine because of reasons. You know what I mean? Any player who holds out. Yeah. Any scientist who, who studies CTE. It's anyone. Like, but I think about Ricky Williams whenever these things happen. Because he was the first that I remember of a player, in my mind, not really doing anything that bad. Yeah. <laughs> and no, then really. being turned into a monster because of it. It was like he just, he was just a dude who didn't want to be in the NFL anymore. And when he tested positive for marijuana, he was just like, ugh, fuck it. First of all, like, why are they testing for marijuana? Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. <laughs> 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 no, he just like yeah. He reti- I remember he retired and he just kind of fucked off to India for a couple of years. He went to um, no, he went to uh, Barstow, I think, 
California. Oh, really? Okay. And was a yoga instructor. Yeah, he still, he actually, remarkably, yeah. he still is a yoga instructor. Yeah. yeah he just, like, it's his favorite thing. That's the thing that he wanted it. to do, yeah. is teach yeah. yoga and live and live in the woods. So I don't want to, I don't want to sidetrack this too much because I uh-huh. want to make sure you have a chance, like get your, like talk about Ricky Williams. Cause I think you have a lot of good things to say here, but the coolest thing I learned in reading about this is Ricky Williams during, after he returned from his retirement and was serving another suspension, he signed yeah. with um, the Toronto Canadian uh, football team for a year. Oh yeah, he did do that. Yeah. And um, is on the record as saying the thing that his favorite thing about it was that I think they're the Argonauts. I don't mm-hmm. remember. Um, but Toronto was basically like, yeah, you can come play football for us. And we also have found a yoga studio for you to teach at. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So he was just like playing football and teaching yoga and hanging out in Toronto. And like, he's just like, ah, I fucking loved it there. Yeah. Yeah. But like, in backtrack all the way back to 2004 when yeah. he was made into like a monster. Mm-hmm. For some, and they're like, oh, he's like, he's on the drugs. Because, you know, I guess in 2004, everyone just thought of marijuana as, like, basically heroin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, we were not that far removed from the dare ages, I yeah. guess. Yeah. <laughs> the war on drugs was very much a thing. Uh, people called weed dope. <laughs> Which is, I think is fucking astonishing. Anytime, we, weren't that, we weren't even that far removed from Clinton being like, I didn't, and I just sucked. I didn't yeah, inhale. No, I didn't inhale. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's yeah. weird. Why do you waste the weed though? Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, a politician who just used the phrase, I just sucked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, they wanted to paint this portrait of like this player who just ran, it's like, drug-addled, insane hippie who ran away with all his football money and let down his team. He let down the fans. And most importantly, he let down himself. When really (laughs) it's just like this guy just wanted to do what he wanted to do. Doesn't everyone deserve happiness? You would think that that's the case. Why are we turning him into a monster because he just wanted to go... I don't even know if he just wanted to smoke weed that much. I think weed was just kind of the thing that made him leave. It wasn't the thing that he wanted to do all day. (laughs) Even though he might have done some of it all day. He might have, but like no judgments. I've known plenty of people who do that and are perfectly functional members of society. Yeah, and it's just like he suffers from anxiety. He, He just didn't want to be an NFL superstar anymore. And that was when the NFL was like, that's really what hurt the NFL more. They didn't really care about the money. Yeah. The money was bullshit. They, uh, what, it was like $70 million or some shit? They, sh- they can sh- throw away $70 million <laughs> for fun. You know what I mean? They were like billionaires. Yeah. So, like, they, they didn't care about that. What they really cared about was this idea that someone's happier not playing football. Yeah, that there's, some, that there's a better thing yeah. for them out there. Yeah, and... So they decided that they were going to turn this guy into a monster. They're going to ruin everything about him. Yeah. Like, if you ever watched the ESPN documentary Run, Ricky, Run? I have not, but I've heard it's, it's excellent. It's so good. Like, he, they, they just turned him into a monster because they wanted to. Because yeah. they were just vindictive. They're like, how dare you? How dare you, how dare you have the audacity to not want to play football anymore? And so, like, you know, all of these... All of these um, Former players turn analysts, like NFL Network dudes, ESPN dudes, Fox dudes, all of these reporters who are traded access for their loyalty all came after him. Yeah. And that's what you see when a player like Colin Kaepernick speaks out. You're and all of this all of these reporters saying that he's a bad guy, what you're actually seeing is is like the NFL paying people essentially to protect them and they call it protecting the shield. We've ta- yeah, we've gross. talked about it before. Yeah, yeah. protecting the shield. Um the uh 
the protection of the league and its reputation above all other things. Yeah. And we saw a little bit of it with Andrew Luck yeah. just like a month ago when he's like, eh, I don't want to do this anymore. Some of the first things that came out were, oh, God, what a monster. I mean, the, his own team <laughs> threw him under the bus. Yeah. They're the ones who leaked the info. We were supposed to know about it at a press conference. Instead, we found out in the middle of a game to fuck with him. Yeah, basically to make his life harder. So the last time he ever walked out of Lucas Oil, he got yeah. booed. The NFL just controls too much of their narrative. Mm-hmm. It's my main point. They control the narrative and there's no source to check them. This is what happens when an organization has control of the media covering them. Yeah. This is why we don't want... This is why, in general, we want the media to be completely separate from our government. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the whole concept behind yeah. the, like, the freedom of the press. This you know? is why you're... This is why Fox News is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ESPN is essentially owned by the NFL... And you, honestly, if you want proof, like, turn on ESPN during the day in, like, I don't know, early August. Because you know what you will find is a six-hour special with Rex Ryan drafting his football team against Adam Schefter. Yeah. Like. Turn on ESPN in April. Yeah. During a baseball game. It's not baseball that's on. <laughs> it's NFL tonight. <laughs> with Trent Dilfer, Steve Young. They're telling you about somebody's 40-yard time. Yeah. Like, that's it. And Jonathan Coachman, they're gonna go in to who? <laughs> Coachman, they're gonna go in and discuss who should be drafted in the sixth round. <laughs> Is there a sixth round? <laughs> <laughs> but if there was, who would be drafted in it, and why? <laughs> God, yeah. The t- talk about like just like oh, you've got some character issues. Got some character issues yeah. with the number seventy-five prospect kicker. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, character issues are used to, like, wash over things like maybe is too smart to play football yeah. and also, like, definitely raped a girl in college. Right. Like, they're the same thing when they say character issues. Yeah, it's like off-the-field issues, character issues. Yeah. means It can mean anything and everything. Yeah. It, it could means, just mean, like, I don't like his shirt. It could, it could mean, like, oh, you actually assaulted a person or... You liked an Obama tweet in 2010. <laughs> Is it going to be a distraction? <laughs> it's going to be a distraction because he liked the Obama tweet. The tweet was very controversial. What was the tweet? Happy Christmas. <laughs> Who says happy Christmas? <laughs> it's a weird thing to say. You say Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is just another another in, uh, incident of the libtards trying to something. Just the libs and their war on Christmas. Yeah. Happy Christmas. Not supposed to be happy on Christmas. It should be merry on Christmas. <laughs> libs, get <laughs> it together. Libs, Ugh. can't even do a Christmas right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a way. That was a way to end that segment. <laughs> <laughs> I said the phrase "libtards," which I'm upset with myself about. Obviously, we didn't. You didn't say it in the context. Yeah, <laughs> I still <laughs> said it. It's such a dumb fucking word. Like, and it's just, it's mean, like, and not even, like, not even really to liberals. It's, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) If, if a conservative refers to me as that, I go, aw, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like being called a social justice where I'm like, you think I'm a warrior? That's great. That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You've been reading my tweets. (laughs) I just imagine, like... 
I wonder how they imagine saying it in their head, like, oh, you're a social justice warrior. I was like, yeah, I'm a warrior. What are you? <laughs> Have you ever... Some sort of social inequality... Shit licker? One of my favorite things to call um, conservatives who hold very weird beliefs, specifically alt-right ones, is if you call them an incel... <laughs> They get really mad about that. Oh, really? To the point where, like, uh, you call me an incel, whatever, that's stupid. Uh, I heard that a million times. You've heard that a million <laughs> times? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that's not good. The first, like, man, the first time someone calls you a duck, you call him an asshole. The second time someone calls you a duck, you punch him in the face. The millionth time someone calls you a duck, you're obviously an incel. <laughs> It's like, at that point, it's like, so people are basically referring to you as repulsive on all levels, and you're just kind of like, whatever, I hear that all the time. Like, <laughs> you might have just dunked on yourself, my dude. It sounds, it sounds like, a, very it sounds like un- you might have a problem. Very unoriginal. I'm really trying to be original. I'm trying to be <laughs> accurate. I'm sorry. This thing got weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Yeah. Call a conservative or an insult. See what happens. I would. I if I happen to run into a conservative anytime soon, I will. <laughs> In this city, eh. they don't. They don't really. They're. They're here. They just don't make themselves known. Go all the way down to Madison Park. You'll find. You'll find a Yeah, few. I try to avoid doing that. <laughs> <laughs> So we have the NBA coming up. NBA coming up. In a, in um, a month and a half. You, you were saying that uh, Stephen A. and Kevin Durant are fighting again? They're not really fighting because Kevin Durant hasn't... Uh, Kevin Durant said in an interview or something, basically he expressed that he felt out of place with the Warriors. Okay. Um, makes total fucking sense. It does, yeah. Uh, KD didn't really like it. Or he did like it, but it was just different and weird and like it just... Wasn't the greatest match culturally. Which, that makes sense. He's a different person than them. Like yeah, he, yeah. He played in a different system. He plays a different style of basketball altogether. They've gelled already as a squad, and he's entering this thing that's yeah, he already showed established. Up. He yeah. showed up, he was the best player on the team, but he wasn't, like, really... He wasn't what the team was built around at all. It was yeah. just, like, one of those things where we can stick this really awesome player on the court, so we're going to. Yeah. You know? No, yeah, for sure. And and Steph Curry replied to it just like, oh shit, that sucks, you yeah, know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But Stephen A. Smith took it to another level by today deciding that, oh, it's because Kevin Durant and Steve Curry hate each other. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Stephen A. Smith, he, and he does this maybe once a week where he pokes at Kevin Durant. Yeah. Kevin Durant could say nothing for a month. And Stephen A. Smith is going to have something about him uh, making a weird declaration at least once a week about KD. Well, here's the, the thing about doing that, too, though, is like it's actually kind of a smart business move for Stephen A. Smith. Because Kevin Durant, and I say this with like all love and respect, but I also mean it, Kevin Durant does not seem to have very thick skin. Like He seems to be one of the thinnest skinned people on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think the yeah I think that Stephen A does it because it's like well what if he pokes back yeah that'd be great and yeah. he's likely to poke back because mm-hmm. if you poke at LeBron James you get nothing mm-hmm. you get absolutely fucking nothing you poke at Steph Curry you get nothing yeah. he's not they're not giving you the time of day yeah. 
But if you poke at Kevin Durant, I mean, he'll argue with fucking fifteen year olds. Yeah, like Kevin Durant will fight with you on Twitter. Like, yeah, I bet we could, I bet we could start a Twitter fight with Kevin Durant literally right now. Yeah, I totally <laughs> would. Except I don't want to get like virtually dunked on <laughs> by Kevin Durant. That's not really on my list of things to do. But I totally could do it if I really wanted. No, no, to. like if you want to, yeah, you could absolutely. If you really just want famous people to respond to things you say on Twitter, just tweet at Kevin Durant mean things about his jump shot or something. Yeah. Like, eventually he'll say something to you because he's just he's just the type of person who, like, can't let it go, you know? Yeah. Which is neither a good nor a bad thing and actually probably helps him a little bit on yeah. a basketball court. If, if I pulled up to his mentions and said something like, even when you're perfectly healthy at your best, you're only the fourth best three in the game. He there's a five percent chance he shits all over me. Yeah, five percent is pretty good. Five percent for and that's for talking to me. Yeah, yeah and like that five percent good. And that five percent <laughs> is also accounting for the fact that he probably won't see it. If he sees the, if you can guarantee he sees it, that number goes up considerably. Yeah, yeah. If I can, yeah. But that's the thing with Kevin Durant is that like, there's a shot that he sees it. Yeah. Not that I believe that it's true, because I think he's. I think he's the best three in the game. I think he's, probably, he's, the, I think he's probably the second best player in the league. Yeah. Yeah. I th- at this point, let's see, LeBron's not the best. I mean, it's between him and Steph. What about Kawhi? You can't, you gotta, you gotta Kawhi, talk about Kawhi, Kawhi right now. I don't now. think Kawhi's the best in the league. I mean, I, I think, I think he's good enough. I think he's as good as he needed to be at the right time. I don't that's think that's true. He's the best. I mean, I don't know. The Warriors were pretty beat up in that final. Yeah, um, he was full strength, excellent. Yeah, he's full top strength. Five. Yeah, full strength. KD. They probably don't lose yeah. that series. I would take Giannis over Kawhi. Yeah, I mean, I even for one season, I would. Yeah. I would take okay. Giannis. Okay. I'll, I just I'll want give that you that explosiveness. All right, top top five right now going into the season. Best five players in the league. Go. Um, it wasn't until no particular order. I have to. I have to. I have to preface this. It wasn't until. Um, I started looking at at really really deep analytics. Would I ever have considered that Steph Curry could be the best player in the NBA? I thought he was top five easy, but yeah. closer to the five category. Yeah, like lower Until end of the top five. This there was an art. There was a piece by Thinking Basketball where they where they chronicled their best players in the NBA that really got me to notice the things that Steph Curry does when he doesn't have the ball. And I was like, oh, shit, Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA. That sucks. Because <laughs> I'm not a Warriors fan. <laughs> Steph Curry could, like, he can be, he could be just standing with his hands on his hips 28 feet away from the yeah. basket. And you have to guard him. Yeah. The thing, like, that, like the, the, the way that he moves it, when he doesn't have the off ball, he actually creates so much space for so many people. It's actually pretty nuts how good yeah. he is. And I didn't know that he he had this kind of capability where it's almost like LeBronian where like his mere presence is this is, is his aura is fucking is so massive and, and impactful. So Steph could be number one. He's definitely in my top five. Uh, LeBron, obviously. Yeah. LeBron's you got to keep LeBron in the top five until proven otherwise. Kawhi KD and Giannis. No Harden. No Harden. Mm. No Harden. He's a he's he's I'm not I'm not trying to make a case a for far Harden. Back. Yeah. No, he's a little far back. Yeah. I think he's he's in the ten, but he's, yeah, yeah. What do you think Kyrie is right now? Because I don't even have Kyrie in the top ten 15. players in the league. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's not he's great, but No, he's extremely good. He could never carry a team by himself. No, and you can all you have to do is look at, you know, every single time he didn't have LeBron James on his team to prove it. Yeah. Like 
Look at every year he was in Cleveland without LeBron, and then look at the Celtics last year. It's weird that the Celtics play better without him. Yeah. I find that very odd. It is very strange. <laughs> um, let's see. Who else Who else is someone you could talk about as like uh, as a top ten guy? Dame Lillard. Dame could be uh, Jokic. I want Jokic. To I want to put Jokic in the top it's ten. Like nine or ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's just... He's a big that does a lot of weird shit. It's it's good. Uh, man, who else could be in there? I don't. Does I don't. Does Russ make it into the top ten? I think he could. I think. I mean, you gotta think about it. The thing is, like Russ individually, sure, but Russ is like a guy who makes your team better. I don't know. Yeah, well, we're about to find out. Yeah, we we're really about to are. see. We're about to see some shit in the NBA this year. I'm so excited. Like the. The duo meta that's coming up. Like, everyone's got... It's all interested in pairs now. Like, yeah, no, it's great. I fucking love it. AD's in the top ten. Could make top five easy. You know who's a hot pick to win the West right now? Denver. <laughs> I'm not even fucking kidding. There are serious analysts who are picking Denver to win the West. Well, they're the most gelled. They don't have to... A lot of these teams have to learn how to play as a team for the first two. They months. also they also did nothing. They only got better. Like they didn't lose anybody. Yeah. They added Jeremy Grant, and they have Michael Porter Jr., who is uh, coming off of essentially a redshirt year. Yeah. Um, after being drafted, who could very well be a extremely cons- uh, extremely quality uh, contributor. So as far as like the West goes, we've got the Lakers, the Warriors, the Rockets. Uh, who else has to learn how to become a team? The Warriors. Yeah, they got. They're Warriors, all new. The Warriors. They're all yeah. new. The, La- yeah, the yeah, Lakers. Lakers, Warriors, Rockets, Clips. Clips. Um, yeah. Who else in the West? Lakers, Rockets, Warriors, Clips. You got always got. You can never forget about the Spurs. But this yeah. this might be the year that like even Pop can't get them into the playoffs. No, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. But like all these teams have to figure out how to play again. The Blazers. Um, well, the Blazers are a team that do- they don't have to gel again. Mm-hmm. The Blazers and the Nuggets have this unique thing where they're like, we're just going to bring the same team back and see what the fuck happens. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> we were pretty good last year. Hey man, it worked fucking great for the 2014-15 Warriors. Yeah, well, while all these other fucking teams are going to be like, well, how do we do the thing? <laughs> but like with new guys... Who are all so good? They're just gonna be like, let's play the same game and smash everybody. Yeah. Like so. Yeah, I give the 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 Blazers and the Nuggets definitely have a leg up. They have a head start going in, and like they can definitely get some separation in the first couple months. Yeah, I think Boston could be good. Unfortunately, that's on. That's a sad thing to hear. They have Kemba. Yeah, they got Maybe. Kemba and um, who's the other guy? No, uh, Horford went to uh, Philly. Philly. Because yeah, Philly signed him because he was like ruining um, Joel and Bead's day in the playoffs all the time. So they just went and signed him so he couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> Stop embarrassing Joel and Bead. Ah man, yeah, I'm excited. I think it's gonna be a great fucking basketball season. Uh, unfortunately, there are no other sports, um, so we can't talk about them. No, there's no baseball. No, it's especially not in September. Yeah. We're watching a baseball game right now. Yep. We got uh, the Giants and the Red Sox. So yesterday, uh, Mike Yastrzemski homered at Fenway Park. Oh, that's cool. In front of his grandfather. That's dope. <laughs> it, was, it was Fenway Park like that. Yeah. Because he's white. No, of course, I mean, yes. No, that, that, that obviously helps a lot. I mean, yeah. the Yastrzemski thing helps more than anything. But, you know, being white, yeah. Fenway Park is a... A big deal to people at Fenway. Everybody, Park. everybody went wild. Later, Mookie Betts hit a grand slam. They're like, "Man, eh. that was pretty good, man. Yeah. I guess whatever." 
It was, it was like the, some Giants fan sitting there was like, man, that guy's on your team. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's, let's do this. It is baseball stretch run. Yeah. Who's good? I don't even know. Um, the Rockies were shit and the Mariners were shit, so I kind of lost track about the beginning of August. It looks like the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. Oh, cool. Yeah, not great. No, not, not, I'm not happy with I that. do not so, care for that. It looks like the Dodgers are going to win the World Series, but, I mean, it's baseball, so it doesn't matter who the fuck is, like, the actual best team in baseball. You just no. have to be the best tournament team in baseball. Yeah, you have to have the best uh, top two in your rotation and then hit the ball enough. And have, like, an amazing bullpen. That's the big part. Just bullpen, lights bullpen, out bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. So that's probably why the Yankees are going to win then, because they got a great bullpen. Yeah, uh, we'll see. The Yan- the Yankees always have a shot. I mean, you get into the playoffs, you have a shot. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We have a chance that there's a tie to get into the wild card. That'll be fun in the National League. So back to back one game elimination games. Yeah, we get Brewers and Cubs are tied right now as we speak for that last wild card spot. We'll see how that turns out. Hopefully, they tie it. That'd be awesome. I like I like seeing that shit. Who's uh, winning the uh, NL Central? Is it St. Louis? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Not Ew. by a lot. I think. They, well, they have 85 wins right now. I think. That's a decent amount of wins. With what 10 to play? Maybe a little more. Maybe like 12 to play. Something like it's in there somewhere. Yeah. It was like nineteen games less than a week ago, maybe. I don't yeah. know. I don't remember. Baseball. Baseball. The, yeah. Pretty soon we'll have to pay attention to it. Pretty soon we'll have to pay attention to their off season, which used to be fun. <laughs> and then it won't be. It's gonna be bad. <laughs> There's also like actually that's another thing. Are there any good free agents coming up? Really? No, all the teams signed up their <laughs> all the teams signed up their good players when they realized that like when when the players realize that free agency is fucking horrified. Yeah. When they're like, holy shit, that happened to Bryce Harper? He's way better than me. <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> Mike Trout was like, nope, not doing that. <laughs> Ever. Still got paid. Yeah, like, he got paid, yeah. yeah. Could have made way more money. Though. Oh, yeah. No, like, if he had hit the market... God, can you imagine... 600 million... Probably, well, uh, I was. I thought that. Reality. So I thought that um, Bryce was going to be at four hundred easy, but he wasn't. Right? He was. No. Would he come three thirty for twelve yeah. years? Um, so and Manny Machado was a better player and got less money. Yeah, because of off the field issues, <laughs> or was it on the field issues? Like I don't. It was. Well, he kept trying to kick people in the knee. Yeah. Um, the baseball couldn't figure out if they liked him or not. Yeah. No, it was just he. Manny Machado, also, he just kind of, he went to San Diego, and he just disappeared. Yeah. Like, <laughs> became the second best player at San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> Behind Fernando Tatis Jr., yeah. He's pretty good, too. I mean, like, the, the, the rookies are really good right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are good. Yeah. Um, there's still the Padres, though. Yeah. So, can't trust it. All right. We got any hype drags or anything like that we want to get through? Any random subjects? Anything? I opened with uh, my hype drag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I have much of anything, but maybe if I go to ESPN.com, there will be some information there. Yeah, just that guy who uh, tried to have sex with a 13-year-old. Cool. Yeah, not great. Yeah, not great, um, Bob. I'm going to drag that. There's no hype. I just want to make sure that everyone's aware that I'm opposed, that I think that's bad. Um... Oh, very solid take. Very brave. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. 
I am I am renowned for my bravery with my uh, takes. KFC brings its own contender to the chicken sandwich wars. No one wants that. I don't care about any of that. Yeah, no one wants that at all. <laughs> Who asked for that? What was that KFC? The double down, like dude, the ham that was sandwich so that was in two pieces of uh, uh, fried chicken or whatever. Disgusting. I'm just, just bonkers. Just, it's like just why call it a set? Just chicken serve chicken. <laughs> why do you have to put it in weird shit? Why does KFC have to make like a bowl and then like they're like, okay, it's mashed potatoes and corn and gravy and chicken bits and whatever? It's like all just slop in a bowl and it's like and then you eat it with a spoon and it's like that's disgusting just give me a (laughs) give me all of those pieces separate and then i can eat it like normal (laughs) (laughs) why do you not want to eat out of a trough (laughs) why are you doing this to me it's already embarrassing enough if you go to KFC <laughs> and they eat food. Like when you need to like eat it in the weirdest way possible. Yeah, let's even it's, let's even say you're going to KFC to buy food for like a decent amount of people. Yeah, you're still one person walking in there and you walk out with like your arm around a bucket, an overflowing bucket full of fried chicken, <laughs> holding like a 64 ounce Diet Pepsi. Like you, <laughs> you've just dunked on yourself. <laughs> My favorite image is of a dude who takes the KFC bucket and then fills it with soda. Because <laughs> he's gaming the system. And I'm like, bravo. Why do you need that much soda? Also, it's like covered in chicken grease. That's disgusting. But also, bravo. You're on the next level. This is fucking galaxy brain happening right now. <laughs> Try our brand new Pepsi grease. <laughs> Pepsi chicken grease. <laughs> Original or extra crispy. <laughs> I, I like the spicy myself. Um, have you seen the uh, Pizza Hut cheese it pizza? Or maybe it's a Domino's thing. It's either Domino's or Pizza Hut. Cheese-its? Cheese it pizza. Cheese its are delicious, but I'll just eat Cheese its. And also, Cheese its are mimicking a thing called cheese, which you already put on your pizza. So why do I need this? <laughs> so, I, as I understand it, it's basically like a fried ravioli sort of thing. It's like a Cheez-It-shaped and appearing thing, like a calzone almost, like the size of your palm. And then it's stuffed with cheese and marinara and like sauce and pepperoni and whatever. That's wild. Here's the, here's the thing that's been going on in my life. Jane has been re-watching The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And I'd never seen it before. Uh, have you? Um, I have seen the some of the first season. Good show, but about the worst fucking people in the world. I'm like, everyone's a racist psychopath. <laughs> How is this show good? It's the Jersey mob. It's their thing. Yeah, I know. But when I was like, I didn't know that it was just everyone was going to be a racist psychopath. Even the good, nice characters are racist psychopaths. Who the fuck's supposed to be good in The Sopranos? I watched the whole damn thing kind of sort of all the way through. <laughs> I don't think there are good guys in The Sopranos. I guess that's the point. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, uh, you remember how The Wire is like, all of these characters are nuanced. The Sopranos, like, they're all bad. Like, these are just all some bad people. There's no nuance here. This yeah. is literally yeah. how how racist psychopaths deal with the world around them. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the show. And it's like, okay. It was compelling for me to watch the entire fucking thing, I guess. So, all right. Shit. It's considered one of the great pieces of American television. Yeah, it was an American commentary. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fucking wild all the way through. 
And mm-hmm. I kept I kept wondering, like, wow, I hate everyone, but I can't stop watching. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know, Breaking Bad was like, what if a uh, relatively nice, mousy uh, high school teacher, teacher became just the worst dude in the world? So. <laughs> that was that show. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess everyone in Game of Thrones was terrible one way or another. Oh, yeah, they're, they're all bad. Um, <laughs> from the good characters, yeah. So, some of them, uh, some of them, um, some of those uh, heel turns were a little bit more earned than others, but you know. Yeah. You know what I'm sick of, actually. So I watched all of Game of Thrones. Like anyone else, I was not a, I'm not, like I wasn't a huge fan of the way the last couple seasons were written. I thought the pacing was weird. The nuance really went away. The plotting wasn't as tight. Yeah. But you know what? That was just, like that was a soap opera about dragons and murders and boobs. Yeah. And being mad at it for not being well written is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Because it was well written. Well, it like used to first, be. Yeah. <laughs> it started out really well written, and then it's just like, and we're getting dumber, <laughs> and we're getting dumber, and it's like, oh, you still like it? Okay, we're gonna get a little dumber, and it's gonna get dumber. We still had. I mean, it had its moments, not in the writing department, but like some of the visuals were great. Like the, the last fuck, season? Yeah. Yeah. Like I the, thought that shit, the fucking battle at Winterfell was fucking amazing. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Was, um, I still watch that shit. I, the, the only thing that I really didn't like about the plotting, well, there are two things. One, um, I didn't like that uh, Daenerys, um, like, it just didn't make any sense to me why she totally broke the way she did. Like, yeah, that was poor. That was terrible. it. Was just, like I get it's like like I get the plot point. I understand yeah. what is being done here and like why it happens. Sort of in terms of a larger narrative arc about mm-hmm. like the machinations of power and like the damage that gets done to people and like all this people with messiah complexes. There's a whole lot there. The just, runway just wasn't there. Yeah, like they're just like they didn't really deal with any of those things. They could have started that in like season two. Yeah, but they didn't do any <laughs> they of it. Started her off. They had, she was a character for the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Literally in episode one to the very last one. Yeah, and like, instead of giving us like some of, you know, that underside dark stuff that like a lot of the other characters got, it was just like, she's this hero who does all these cool things, but they didn't, didn't really build up like sort of the maniacal shit mm-hmm. outside of like a couple of random executions that people were like, maybe you shouldn't do that. And then she did. And then it didn't really matter that much. Yeah, I mean, the, the ending was just poor. It wasn't great. Um, they also didn't like that um, they spent the entire, like, all this time talking about how the uh, Great War is the war against the dead, and then the war against the dead lasted one episode, and it was over, and there were still three more episodes. <laughs> yeah. It was like seeing the best <laughs> WrestleMania match an hour into WrestleMania, and then having four more hours of WrestleMania, yeah. which happened this year. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> <laughs> follow up to our Wrestlemania episode that's what happened <laughs> not great Bob yeah and then everyone got stuck at the uh, New Jersey uh, subway station until 3 in the morning yeah well back to the Sopranos their ending everyone I remember everyone didn't like it everyone hated it yeah I thought it was a great ending cause you don't know if Tony dies here spoiler alert I'm gonna tell you right now using my analytical nerd brain he doesn't die the ending is Every time someone walks through that door, he looks at it expecting to be killed. He waits. It's his son. Okay. Another person comes through. It's just a dude. Another person comes through. It's his daughter at the end. 
the whole point is is that his life never changes. He doesn't yeah. get a happy ending. He also doesn't get the ending where he gets his brain his brain blown out his brain blown out on camera. He just has to live this tortured life of wondering if he's going to get murdered until the day he actually does die. That's the yeah. end of the Sopranos. That's the theme. That's it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... <laughs> everyone's like, "Is Tony Soprano dead?" No. <laughs> he doesn't die. Well, the whole like the whole premise of the show is like a mob boss is so stressed out he starts having panic attacks. Yeah. Yeah. The, this is why. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is it never ends. Yeah. It never will end for him. It's that's him and his whole family have to endure this torture for the lives that they live, and that's the end of the Sopranos. Yeah, that's the, that's how it is. No one blows his blows his brains out. There's none of that. It's. And I think that's a good ending. Alternately, and I've read this on several th- on several fan sites, the next person to walk through that door was the Night King. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then and then Arya Stark kills him. <laughs> Jumps right over the kitchen table. You don't see her coming. And then some guy named Lucky goes, "Hey, I'm fucking walking here." <laughs> and then it fades to black. <laughs> to journey. Don't stop believing. That was, yeah. Hold on to that feeling. I was going to try and sing a song about a, or a sitcom about St- Seth, Steph and Seth Curry. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah. About how Seth is just a dumber version of Steph Curry. <laughs> like a cartoon character that came to life. Like <laughs> Steph Curry was being a brat one day as a five-year-old. Said, I wish I had a brother. And then, bing! It was just a, a dumb version of him. <laughs> oh, crumb. Hope <laughs> Seth Curry. <laughs> I'm going to shoot a basketball. Oh, darn. Yeah. Two brothers in the NBA. One's <laughs> in Portland and one's in the Bay. <laughs> one's good and one's bad. One's good and one's kind of good. Like, you're like, oh, damn. Like, he definitely, like, comes from, like, a family where they're very good at basketball. But he's, eh. Yeah. Uh, Steph is good because he shoots a lot of threes, and Seth is fine. You should kick him in the knees. <laughs> Seth is fine. No one, no one signs him for longer than a year. <laughs> yeah, is he still with Portland, or is he just like he's just a journeyman at this the point? The point of Seth Curry is that I never know where he is until I see him. Yeah. Where he is. And he pops up like, "Is that? St- <laughs> oh no, that's Seth Curry." And it's like, "Oh, Seth Curry yeah. is played for the Magic. That yeah. makes sense, yeah. and it always makes sense. <laughs> it could be on the Warriors. He could show up on the Kings. He could show up on the Knicks. He could show up anywhere. Lakers anywhere. And you're like, that makes sense every single time. One year he's a role player for like the Bobcats." They're not. No, the Hornets now. I don't know why I said Bobcats, but like in Char- he's the role player for the Charlotte Hornets. Then he's like getting garbage time minutes for um, for uh, uh, fuck Golden State, and yeah. then the year after that he's starting for Atlanta. You yeah. know, that's just he could be anywhere doing anything at any time. Yeah, if someone it's a really was like, magical life actually. <laughs> Seth Curry has a Twitch stream with Jeremy Lin, and they only play dr mario i'd be like that checks out that makes perfect sense for them good luck on your endeavors in the future <laughs> and he's an astronaut yeah that makes sense they need seth curry's in space i don't know what to tell you man. <laughs> i mean he's a glue guy you know <laughs> you know yeah he makes a lot of sense he's good role player he's gonna bring a veteran presence and you know he's got that stroke man that family stroke <laughs> seth curry man he can do anything seth curry he brews uh, beer now did you know did, that i'm sure that's true 
I mean, we live in a city where you can't throw a rock without hitting a white guy currently saying the phrase, I'm thinking about starting a brewery, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to more, I'm going to, I'm going to put out, I'm going to refinance my mortgage to, to get the capital to start a brewery. That's, yeah. I seem that's, that's, that's on a lot of dudes' minds. Yeah. But I could make this work. My buddy Mike makes beer, and I'm cooler than he is, so I could do it. I'm going to sell my Subaru. <laughs> Start making beer. <laughs> Shut up, Phil. You're not selling the Subaru. First of all, if you're going to start making beer and selling it, you're going to need the Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just going to buy a van or something. And you know what you would look like driving a windowless van, Phil? Do I need to like paint you a picture? <laughs> Uh, do we have any sports-related uh, hype drags? You really don't have any uh, I hype can't really come can't up really with anything this week. Um, uh, I'm sure there, there's stuff in my in my head that I can't. Yeah, I don't know. Let's uh, click on a thing and then click on a second thing and see what um, see what I say next. Another horse died at Santa Anita. That's sad. Hmm. Mm. They should close that track. Um Oh, yeah. Um, so, I would like to drag Sam Darnold, because he's out with mono. Okay. I would like to hype Sam Darnold for clearly making out with a chick. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to get mono. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we went straight for the Save by the Bell uh, <laughs> explanation of how mono works. <laughs> I mean, that's the only thing they ever said about it on TV. Um, yeah, no, Darnold's out. The Jets are awful. Um, uh, Tim Burke made a generator where you can uh, put whatever reason you want for Sam Darnold being out next to the graphic uh, from uh, Monday Night Football where he st- stares intensely at the screen and then points at it. And next oh, yeah. to it says, out indefinitely, mononucleosis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here, here's one from September 13th. Rob Gronkowski claims that he fixed his CTE. I, I don't have the rest of the sentence. For that. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski claims that he fixed his CTE. Where Rob is Gronkowski has claimed that he, <laughs> he has fixed, fixed his, his CTE. CTE. Complex Sports covered it. Uh, that's a crazy fucking thing. That is a wild thing. It actually is worrying because uh, you don't just fix your CTE. Uh, no, you can't. Like you don't just do that. He's had twenty Rob concussions. Gr- I mean, Rob Gunkowski, God bless him, is an idiot. Oh um, yeah, like, and I say that with deep appreciation for what a genuinely nice person he, by all accounts, is. Yeah, but he's a fucking moron. I mean. <laughs> He's had 20 concussions. He says he fixed it. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know how. I don't buy it. He literally had to retire because the concussions were too much. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, and, he, and I quote, It is fixable. I fixed mine. There are plenty of methods in this world that allow the brain to recover from severe damage. That is also why I would allow my kid to play football. I mean, he did spend a lot of time hanging out with Tom Brady, who believed drinking enough water would prevent concussions. Yeah. I think I think Gronkowski at this point is just basically like, 
uh, like I don't want to make the league mad, yeah. and I don't know what to say. Nothing. If yeah. you don't want to, just, just say shut nothing. up. Just yeah, just don't say talking. anything. You've already, you've, you've already heard enough. <laughs> I mean, like the guys. Again, Rob Gronkowski. Supposed to be very kind, very sweet, very generous person who's nice to everyone, but the guy's brain was already soup, so I don't like, I just don't see him somehow coming up with more nuanced ideas about the world now that he's played a lot of professional football. Yeah. Like, it's just probably it's not going to happen. bonkers thing to say. Yeah. It's, it's actually sad. It is. Like it's a little depressing. It's, it's pretty fucked up that he thinks that he fixed the CTE. Yeah, he fixed like because it's like oh man that's really bad. The NFL, like, well, the the NFL even is like is, Oof. well here's the terrifying thing is like Rob Gronkowski was like oh no I definitely had CTE right right and then he's and then is just sitting there going oh no I just, just fixed it you know just kind of walked it off yeah <clears throat> um I would I do I have a drag actually. I'd like to drag every single person who has been involved with making any decision about Cam Newton's football career since 2015. Everyone has a take. I mean, not, I don't have a take. On Cam Newton? No. Well, people, sh- like, he's just been, so- like, the league has just let him take headshots left and right. His mm-hmm. coaches keep trotting him out there to get those headshots taken. Everyone who's playing against just, like, realizes that they can, like, hit him as hard as possible in the brain and not get flagged for it. Yeah. And now he's just out for a while. And really, man, Cam should just... I want to hype Cam Newton because, one, he dresses like a ridiculous person, but because he's mm-hmm. very tall and handsome and very fit, he looks great no matter what. Yeah. Even when he's wearing, like, a fucking 1950s-style, like, sun hat with a band, like, a kerchief tuck- tied under his chin. He and uh, Russell Westbrook basically dress in whatever fucking way they want, and it's awesome every time. Yeah, that's always rad. And uh, he should just, dude, Andrew Luckett, man, just retire. Yeah. Like, just be done. Yeah. You don't, you don't have, you don't have to do this anymore. You really don't. Yeah, and I also want to drag the Patriots because they're going to win a Super Bowl again. Have we considered that the 49ers are going to win? Uh, we have considered not, it and uh, rejected it as the ravings that. of a madman. We're just not, okay. Yeah. All right, well. Well, I tried, guys. <laughs> that was my shot. Looks like no Super Bowl for us this year. <laughs> but next year, I'm going to say the same exact thing and see what happens. Uh, it could and this happen. Has been all sports are bad. <laughs> here's to uh, here's to one year. Here's to one year of Cheers. all sports are bad. Welcome to season two. We'll be back to week to week, hopefully in October. Um, probably have some breaks here and there for various trips things come up you know you all know how yeah. it goes we're people and you should treat us like humans much what? like you should treat athletes like humans yeah specifically we'll be going to scheduled weekly podcasts <laughs> yeah on october 2nd is when we're gonna record next that's the plan and then we're so. back baseball will be going the nba will be about to start uh the nfl will be probably horrendous and i'll watch it <laughs> yeah, i mean i'm already paying more attention to my fantasy football team than i am to like half of the other stuff in my life i'm a terrible person hmm shit yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> all right hockey will maybe be a thing i mean i don't really it's supposed to be i've heard about it i don't really pay attention to hockey until the playoffs start but I'm sure there's a lot of people who do i don't know i like watching hockey i just don't follow it yeah 
I can't wait for us to get a team. What the hell do you think the name is going to be? Sounds like they're going to be the Sockeye or something. Okay. That's fine. I'm not mad at it. As long as it's not the Mets. It's no, As long as it's not the fucking Mets. The Mets. Can you imagine just being like tricked into having to root for the Mets? No. That's why I'm not a Mets fan. My brother, my little brother voluntarily became a New York Mets fan. Do you live in New York? Yes. Oh. Well, why didn't you pick the Yankees, though? Because uh, he grew up hating the Yankees. Has he considered unhating the Yankees? I mean, it would be hard for me to blame him if he chose that. Um, well, at least he has Pete Alonso. Yeah, I think he did briefly live in Queens also, so... Okay. At least he has Pete Alonso. Yeah. That guy's pretty fucking good. He's 48 home runs. <laughs> 48 ha- home runs in a rookie season. And, um, he Has looks anyone like... ever done that before? <laughs> he looks like a barrel, also. Did you see him with his shirt off? No, but no, I'm he sure looks, he's He just looks like a buff. barrel. Yeah, I'm sure no, he's... No, I wouldn't call him buff. He's definitely very strong. Like He's um, like Jim Tomey. Yeah, but he's not, like, cut. You right, know? right, like Jim Tomey. Yeah. Just kind of a yeah. big, big, like, yeah. lumberjack. A little, like, little bit of a gut, like, Mixed heavy, heavy way. guy. Yeah. You know, not like, not, he's not, you know, an athlete, but he's thicker than an athlete, you imagine an right. athlete would be. Like, like when the steroid era ended, and then all the dudes still hitting home runs like it was the steroid era were just kind of lumberjacks, like, yeah. your Adam Dunn's, your Jim Tomey's, mm-hmm. and your Frank, uh, your, your, your Frank Thomases were all still doing the same exact steroid era shit. And you're like, oh, they weren't doing steroids. <laughs> They're just big dudes normally. Got it. It's actually giant. It's yeah. hard to tell. All right. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at at all sports are bad. I am at wildly pointless. That is at Patrick JCS. Yeah. Tweeted us, I guess. I mean, you might as well. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? We'll just quote tweet you in a DM to Kevin Durant saying, can you believe what they're saying about you? (laughs) (laughs) It's like Kevin Durant recently goes, bad podcast, guys. Please get better take. This isn't about me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hey, maybe that'll build our audience, whatever. We love you all as uh, loyal, loyal listeners. Goodbye, Um, Internet. Have a good rest of your day. Sorry, Kevin Durant. I'm sure you're very nice. I won't tweet mean things at you. I might. I'm not. I might. Smells like weed. <laughs> <laughs>